Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Friday, August 28th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We're talking Royals today. The shortened Major League season just passed the halfway point, and painfully so for the Royals, who coughed up a four-run ninth inning to lose Wednesday's game at St. Louis. Beat writer Lynn Worthy talks about that game and if it could have an impact on the rest of the season. Also, the Royals made a move before the trade deadline, swapping outfielder Brett Phillips for Rays shortstop Lucius Fox. Lynn breaks down that trade. After a break, we spend time talking about Whit Merrifield's comments after Wednesday's loss. Merrifield was asked if there had been talk that day of the Royals not playing their game in light of the protests following the Jacob Blake shooting in Wisconsin a few days earlier. Merrifield provided a three-minute response to a question from Lynn about what's happening in the country and the sports world's response to it. I think you'll find it interesting. Okay, so here we go with Royals beat writer Lynn Worthy. The Royals are at the halfway plus one part of their season uh, as they enter a three-game series with the Chicago White Sox tonight. And we are talking with Royals beat writer Lynn Worthy uh, we got a lot of topics to cover, Lynn, um, but let's start with that. It's uh, 12-19 and 19, uh, record for the Royals, not what they wanted, and loss number 19 was quite the gut punch when the Cardinals scored four runs in the bottom of the ninth of uh, Wednesday's game in, in St. Louis to, to beat the, the Royals 6-5. to five. Let, Let's just start there um, and, and talk about that, that ninth inning uh, disaster. The Royals, of course, enter that – you know they get the the two run double from from Whit Merrifield to give them the five two cushion. Things look safe, and then you know the bullpen, which has been so good, really a strength for a team that um, you know that has a losing record, doesn't doesn't uh, bail them out in in the ninth inning. So um, what were your? Let me just ask you the, the the question that I had when I was watching the game, Trevor Rosenthal. Into you know had to get out of the eighth and then he started the ninth and he got an out in the ninth but ran into a little bit of trouble and had his pitch count up a little bit. Did did, did Mike Matheny make the right move of of pulling Trevor Rosenthal at that point? I think that he made the move that he thought was right for for Trevor and for the long term um, and for you know for Trevor's individual health at least that's the way he framed it. And I mean if you think about that was a season high of pitches in that um, in that outing coming off of uh, or coming in a back-to-back situation because he had just closed out the game the night before. Um, he's And uh, Matheny has rarely used him for more than three out save uh, this season. I think one other time did he come in in the eighth, if I remember correctly. Um, so, yeah, I think, and, you know, Matheny came out and talked to him in the middle of that ninth inning. So you could tell it was something that Matheny was worried about. Um, and he, he said afterwards, it was basically going batter to batter in that ninth inning once he got to a certain you know number of pitches, and I think they were just really worried about him. Uh, you know, especially a guy who's coming off of you know surgery a couple of years ago, who was just really ineffective last year, and and he and Matheny go back a ways. I mean, like their their close their personal relationship is extended to their time in St. Louis and extended through that. That's part of the reason that. I mean, that's a big part of the reason that Rosenthal's even in Kansas City or with the Royals, I should say. So, um, but I mean, if you're a fan, just looking at it as far as the win, 
then no, he didn't do the right thing because <laughs> you've seen you've seen Rosenthal get out of those situations. I mean, you saw right. it a couple of weeks ago in Cincinnati where the bases were loaded and they got you know got the save, and he had been perfect on save opportunities. I mean, if you're a fan, you look at that and you're saying three run lead going into the ninth, the, the bottom of the ninth inning. You got your closer on there who's been lights out, who hadn't they had the only bullpen that hadn't blown a save in the uh, in the majors, and they were you know on the edge of clinching the series and starting the second half off with a win and saying, okay, you know, this trade deadline and in in coming up in less than a week, it might be, a, you know, a moot point because they're going to make a run. Like that was sort of the momentum that was building with that one inning. And it all sort of, I don't want to say stopped, but it definitely changed. It flipped in, in that one inning. I'm glad you said that because I, I, I thought maybe I'd be, I was going too far to suggest that, one you know one moment one inning could could change the direction of a season and look not that the season was going in a in a great way for the royals anyway um but they had the opportunity to uh to pick up a win to win a series which hasn't you know has only happened once this season when they swept the twins back in uh in in July um there was a chance to feel good like it was the 30th game the the midpoint of the season game and the the other thing that I, I I wondered about as I watched that inning and the in the in the game unfold there was you're right about the, you know, the trade deadline is now what three days away and if the Royals had some intention of of trading or you know really thinking about moving Trevor Rosenthal they might have let him finish that game let him run up the pitch can doesn't matter for the Royals they're you know he's not going to be a Royal much longer but I just wonder. If in the back of uh, Matheny's mind, he's thinking, nope, we're, we're not, you know, and I think Dayton Moore has said this and maybe said it to you. Um, we're not planning on making that kind of move. In fact, if anything, we might add a player and make a run at this thing. So let's keep Trevor Rosenthal's arm protected and uh, let's get him out of there. Yeah, and, I, and I'm not sure if the, the, the trade possibility itself factored in that's why i mentioned the matheny uh rosenthal relationship because i I, right. I think that maybe it's the personal because matheny had been in touch with him and kept in touch with him when rosenthal went through his surgery and missed a year and then last year was ineffective and bounced around to three different organizations i believe the last one was the yankees but he didn't pitch in the majors for them but he was with the nationals and with detroit now, Royals actually had interest and tried to get him last year. They were trying to sign him, but it just didn't work out. Um, but I think the Matheny connection, um, that the fact that he was with Trevor when he was at his best and he had seen him go through those struggles, I think that maybe factored in more than the idea of like, okay, we got to um, preserve him because he's trade bait. Um, at the same time, I don't think it's out of the question that he does get traded, especially if they sort of go in a slide here. This, this series against Chicago um and um and more so just depending on what the the trade offers are i mean because dayton said that that you know about being in the hunt and wanting to um try and give this team every opportunity to make a run but at the same time i think if they had a good enough offer for rosenthal that he would definitely look at that i mean i don't think there's any doubt that if they had a good enough offer they'd consider that anybody else besides rosenthal who might be you know of interest to a contending team or a team that's in a better position than the Royals right now? Um, the bullpen. I mean, like you got the, 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 the hesitation is just, I'm not sure what the rental market is for a season like this, where you only have 
uh, a month left as opposed to making a, a trade at in July when you have all of August and all of September. Um, you know, so like last year where you trade a guy like Diekman or Homer Bailey or Martin Maldonado and you get some prospects back. I don't know what you can really push for when you're trading, you know, whether it's a Greg Holland, who I think there'd probably be some interest in. Um, I don't know what you're going to get, <laughs> what the offers are going to be, because whoever gets them is getting them for a month and a month of, you know, who knows how many games and with COVID and all the uncertainty, I don't know if you're giving up anybody, um, you know, substantial. So uh, it remains to be seen, I guess. Um, but I yeah. think Holland, Holland is probably one of those guys that, you know, especially since it's, it's for, as far as a rental Holland or Kennedy has he in, in the, the situation for Kennedy, it seems like he would be, but just his, his uh, recent performance might make that a little, a little tricky, even though he had a good outing his last couple. Um, but so those are the types of guys who with the short term commitments, um, you know, typically you would think they would deal because you get something for them before those guys could walk. But I just don't know if that market is the same this year. Right. And I think if we're talking about Stalmont um, or uh, Barlow, somebody, t- two of the more impressive arms in the bullpen, the, the return would have to be, you know, substantial for the Royals. I mean, they're, they're looking at um, th- those guys with uh, – you know they're obviously in the Matheny circle of trust and, and and have just performed really well so far this year for the most part. Another guy I thought of was Danny Duffy, who's starting tonight against the White Sox, but I don't think the return would be very good on Duffy. Um, you know, in, in, as much and of course he has kind of pledged his allegiance to Kansas City um, in the in the past. Um, uh, but but again, I, I think. For I, I, I could see like a Yankees uh, being interested in a in a starting pitcher uh, down the stretch and, and playing for this season, but again, I, I don't think the return on on Danny Duffy would uh, would would be substantial. Hey, before we take a break, let's let's cover the trade. Uh, the Royals did make a move, uh, trading Brett Phillips to the Tampa Bay Rays for Lucius Fox. Tell us about that deal. Yeah, and Phillips had basically they they had you know they, there was just a log jam where they didn't really have a whole lot of uh, playing time for Phillips, a lot of spots to use Phillips, and he was out of options, so you couldn't send him to the minor leagues, and you couldn't send him and Bubba were in the same boat where you couldn't send either one of them to the minor leagues without exposing them to waivers and somebody potentially claiming them. Um, so you just didn't really have um, you know a whole lot of wiggle room with either of those guys. And Phillips right now has sort of been the odd man out, with, except for, you know, maybe a couple of innings at the end of the game here, depending on what the lineup is. But but Matheny had sort of settled on late in the games. He's going to put, you know, Bubba Starling in center field. He's going to bump, you know, um, Merrifield either to left or to right. And then he's going to probably put Dozier at first base. Like that's defensively, that's sort of been the late inning alignment that he's settled into. And, you know, so even that, there wasn't really a spot for Phillips in that. I mean, I think a couple of games he, there was, if, you know, if Gordo wasn't out there or if they pinch hit for Gordo and then you had to put somebody else in left field, then it might've been um, Phillips. But other than that, he was just sort of the odd man out and no real options as far as being able to send them down or anything like that. So as opposed to just losing them, you know, you get something for him. You get a young guy who's a good athlete. He's a, seems like the type of guy the Royals like where he's at speed. He's got some tools, got versatility. They think he can play multiple positions. He's a shortstop right now, but they think he can play second. And they think because of the speed, he could potentially be, you know, a guy who could play some outfield. Um, and he also has a, he, a lot of familiarity with the Royals because of, um, 
one, they scouted him, you know, he was an international guy who came over and finished high school in the States, but so they saw him internationally, Rene Francisco, the assistant GM. Um, over here in the, uh, in the off season, he works out with some guys, like he was in the fall league team with uh, uh, Nick Heath and Khalil Lee. And then he also works out with MJ Melendez and uh, Mike Tozar, who's been, you know, sort of the swing coach for uh, Jorge Soler and is now uh, this off season, they officially added him to their minor league staff as a special, uh, I think a special assignment hitting uh, coach is what they call him. Um, and so, uh, uh, he's also been the coach for um, uh, the new acquisition here. Uh, and so, yeah, so there's been a lot of familiarity and it just sort of, it made sense again with Phillips not being, um, not really having a spot. Cool name, Lucius Fox. Pretty cool name. I yeah, like yeah. I saw a whole bunch of the uh, the Batman gifts as soon as I tweeted it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be back right after this. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Okay, we're back with Royals beat writer Lynn Worthy. Hey, uh, Lynn, let's let's change gears, talk about a couple other things. Was it Thursday or I guess it had to be Thursday where Whit Merrifield um, uh, met the media and talked about the sort of the uh, the current state of sports and his and shared his feelings on that. We're going to play that uh, at, yeah. uh, during this segment. Um, it was it was actually it was after the game on Wednesday. They OK, thank you. For Thursday, that up. Yep. Right. Okay. Um, so, but well, it was pretty interesting. But that's important, right, to understand the context of the timing. On Wednesday, three NBA games, uh, four Major League Baseball games, five MLS games had been called off, and then on Thursday, uh, more you know NHL playoff games joined the list and uh, Stanley Cup. So, um, it, it was uh, you know it's not a I'm sure not a very comfortable position for any athlete and. To, to be in, to be asked about it. But, but he, he, look, I give him credit for three minutes. He provided an answer and he, he came from the heart and um, I, I thought he kind of was, uh, was down the line on it without, you know, without taking a, a strong side either way. But anyway, he addressed it. And, um, and what, what did you, what did you make of, of what, what Merrifield had to say about this? Yeah. So the, I mean, in the context was, you know, after the game, uh, Witt was, uh, one of the players we interviewed in the post-game Zoom, and um, you know, and, and clearly before the game, there was all this different. You know, we heard about the NBA games that weren't getting played, and then there was some baseball stuff. But keep in mind, or at least the thing I try to keep in mind is that baseball is spread out, whereas the NBA they're all in the bubble in the same general location, so it's easier to sort of coordinate and for guys to talk to one another and to sort of be on the same page. Whereas baseball, I mean, I think two of the games that baseball didn't play 
were West Coast games where they had a couple extra hours to sort of say, hey, what the heck are we doing here? Or to like at least talk things out as opposed to, you know, uh, East Coast, Midwest. Um, but anyway, so the, the Royals did play. St. Louis had two players, Jack Flaherty and uh, Dexter Fowler, who didn't play in the game because they wanted to uh, sit out in solidarity with, you know, the players across the country who weren't playing. Um, so we asked Whit, was there any, or actually uh, Flanny asked Whit the initial question, was there any thought of not playing? And uh, Whit's re- initial response was like, no, there was no, he said, I know there's discussion on the other side, but there's no discussion on our side. And so I, and then we sort of started talking about the game and I followed up because for one, I felt like we were either, uh, you know, either we were le- doing a disservice to, to him or to ourselves by not asking the second question, because if you just leave it as there was no discussion, not playing, it's like, well, it either sounds like uh, you just sort of blew off the idea or there was more there, but we just didn't ask. And so, yeah, it sounds, it sounds kind of cold that way. Yeah, right. Yeah. And what I know of, you know, wit and um, the organization and the way they've, you know, they've dealt with some of the things over the last couple of months with, you know, some of the social unrest and talking with their African-American players about things going on in the wake of George Floyd. I was like, no, that doesn't quite, that doesn't quite add up. So we need to, I needed to ask the, well, why basically, why wasn't there or, you know, teams making these statements why what was the idea or why was it you guys didn't really have that and i also knew that wit earlier in the year had talked passionately about feeling like there's an obligation to play for teammates and also for the organization and everything so i was like all right we need to you know at least get a little more out of him and that's when he went you know for like three minutes and and as i look at what he said i think i break it up into two things because there's the first part where he's talking about the we which is where he's really sort of more speaking for the team and feeling like it was important to have that um sort of provide that break for people to, you know, what you want to call it, an escape or a distraction or whatever you want to call it, to have that for people who follow the Royals and want to be able to get away from what's going on and just enjoy the baseball game. Um, and so that was sort of him speaking for the team. And then the rest of it, I think, sort of separate where he's sort of talking about his own personal opinions and feelings. And um, I think that's where, you know, you could definitely make the case that maybe he didn't take a strong stand. And I was having this conversation with somebody last night. And I said, well, I'd rather him not, go with the, I'm going to have a take and, and stick to it. <laughs> I'd rather him yeah. not do that if he didn't feel like he had the standing or the background to do it. And I think he explained that, you know, he's a, he, I think he, in, in his terms, he's like, oh, well, I'm a straight white guy. I, I mean, my, <laughs> my opinion yeah. might not matter as much. I mean, I can't understand what it's like to be, you know, a black guy walking down the street or a cop walking down the street. So I think he, he sort of explained why there was uh a, a little less um, definitive uh, nature to his answer and more of a, you know, trying to um, walk the line because he, he doesn't feel like he had the standing to be able to, you know, have a, have a take and stick to it. <laughs> um, so well, I, I, I appreciate, sort of appreciated I, that. Yeah, yeah I, I did too. I, I, you took the words out of my mouth. I absolutely did that. He, you know, he, he felt the need to define himself, you know, as he responded to the question, you know, it's like, yes, I'll answer the question, but, this is who I am, and uh, this is my. This is why my perspective is like it is, and and um, I, I again, I think there was um, a, a, a moment that he probably wasn't prepared for, but he he tried and he attempted to give give an answer, and 
And we're, we're, you know, sports is such a playing such a major role in the in, in raising the awareness again of, uh, you know, of, you know, protests around the country. And, and this time they've gone, you know, now there are games to postpone. Right. It, after George Floyd, there weren't any games. Now there are games and actions that athletes can take. And um, you haven't heard anything about Royals White Sox tonight, have you? We're recording this at about uh, 11 a.m. on on uh, Friday. But all, all, all systems are go for that. Uh, is that correct? As far as I know, and I wouldn't, um, I mean, and I know there were more games in baseball uh, postponed on Thursday night, but at the same time, I mean, like Milwaukee was one of the few teams to get out in front and postpone the game on Wednesday because obviously the, the latest shootings took place in Wisconsin, but they yeah. did play on Thursday. So, I mean, they did it the one day and then they did play again the next day. Um, and then also this weekend you get into the Jackie Robinson celebrations because, you know, there was no baseball being played in April when you usually would have had those. So I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see as much of that this weekend, but um, I haven't heard anything either way at this point. Okay. Hey, let's, let's leave on this uh, quick thought on the White Sox series. Chicago's won nine to 10. They're hot. Jose Abreu is just killing it. Um, it is, uh, it's a tall order for the Royals. Um, the White Sox are in the playoffs at the season today. The Royals are not, but, but after this series at Chicago, the Royals will have uh, 26 games left, and 17 of those will be at Kauffman Stadium. I don't know if that's a big deal in an empty stadium or not, but the Royals have had more success at home than on the road this year. My sense is, if, if they can get through this one with a get a W, or even you know, you know, heaven forbid, win a series, there's some opportunity in the second half of the schedule for these guys. Yeah, I mean, assuming that you know that they'll keep. Um or we're assuming they keep a, a lot of this roster intact, you know, without making major changes at this deadline. I think they have a chance to at least be competitive down the stretch here. Um, I think the main things I'm looking at this series is I haven't seen the probables for, probables for Sunday, but I think because of the off day that you, it, it would it would seem to line up that you're going to miss Giolito, who's coming off of the no hitter, and then um, I would think. We, we're not sure yet, but you could possibly see, uh, or at least he's eligible. Salvador Perez is eligible in the next couple of days to come off the IL. So potentially, um, haven't heard that that's going to be the case, but potentially you get a return of Salvi. So maybe there's reasons for optimism this weekend. And then, you know, after the trade deadline, you're going you're gonna to know what team you got going forward for the home stretch. Right. There could be an old friend alert here, too. I, I think I saw where Gerard Dyson may be uh, uh, joining the White Sox here in a trade from. Uh, from Pittsburgh. So keep an eye out for that. All right, we're, uh, we're going to wrap it up. Lynn, thanks for joining us. Right now we're going to, uh, before we get out of here, you're going to hear from uh, Whit Merrifield and his comments after the, uh, the Cardinals game on, on Wednesday night. Lynn, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, I say we, um, because this is I'm reflecting the guys that, that I've spoken to about this and I haven't spoken to every single member on the team about it, but we feel what we do is is a separation uh, from what's all going on in the world for a lot of people. We feel like it's important for us to go out and do our job uh, because it gives people a three-hour window to, to, to enjoy a baseball game and to not think about what else is going on in the world. Um, other, other teams might feel different. Other players might feel different and might want to make that statement. Um, to, to me, and I hesitate to even even speak on the subject just because of um, I, I know who I am. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a straight white male, to be frank. And, and 
what I say on the subject doesn't hold a lot of weight and a lot of times doesn't, um, you know, people don't want to hear it. But our, my, my, my opinion on the whole, the whole issue is, is obviously we have some stuff going on in the world that, that uh, needs to be addressed. I don't necessarily agree with the way it is addressed a lot of times, uh, but I, I, don't, I don't know what it's like to be a to be a black man walking down the street. I don't know, but I also don't know what it's like to be a cop out there trying to protect the streets. What I do know is that there's evil in this world and there's good in this world. Um, and, and what else? What I also know is that love brings on love and hate brings on hate. And unfortunately, we got a little too much hate bringing on more hate. It seems uh, with everything going on. And um, <laughs> to me, I've said it multiple times. I, I feel like the root of all this is social media, and it's and it's is driving people insane. And people get on and rant. And it just builds up, and and there's just not enough love going around. And um, that's that's been my message to, to a lot of guys is, is look I've talked to Terry I've talked to I've talked to Damon Hollins who, who are the two uh, black guys on our team uh, their coaches but I said look guys you guys can talk to me about anything that's going on you guys got something on your chest and, and you want to talk about it but I'm going to go out and try to love everybody uh, just because that's that's what I believe I believe love everybody not everybody's going to love you back, but uh, being the, the uh, Christian man that I am, that's 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 the number one rule that I like to live by. And I feel like we don't have enough of that going around, and I would like to see more. Obviously, people are upset, um, but I don't feel like the way we're approaching things is the way to get things changed. That's just my opinion. So I'm sorry if I rambled, but that was the best way I felt like I knew to answer that question. That'll do it for today and this week on Sports BKC. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. A tip of the cap to Lynn Worthy for stopping by and talking Royals. You can read his stories in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands and still a good one. 30 bucks for a year's worth of our sports coverage and that includes the Sports Extra that comes with the E-Edition. There are more than 50 additional pages of national sports coverage today. Well, here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. You get sports, news, features, commentary, analysis, and everything. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details can be found at account dot kansascity.com slash subscribe again that's account dot kansascity.com slash subscribe and whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in kansas city and helping us produce programs like sports bkc thanks for listening and we'll be back on monday with another episode